0: I don't look at it at all as an entry drug. I look at it as an exit drug for traditional medications to be able to help people segue off whatever they're taking now.
1: Live, and live in living color.
2: Live and living color. That was our first Air One date today in a long time. I know. It was
1: good. <laughs> it was really good. I'm drinking Alyssa's thyroid juice right now. Do you guys remember the episode with Alyssa Goodman? We talked about her curing herself from cancer mm-hmm. and she has her own juice at Air One. It's like cucumber, parsnip, celery, coconut cream, ginger. I don't know what else is in it, but it's so good.
2: Does mm. it have chia seeds in it? Mm-mm. No.
1: Should. Coconut cream is so good.
2: Well, yeah. It's the best. It's really good. <laughs> I was like,
1: oh, like I, I wasn't going to buy the juice. And I was like, that's a nice touch.
2: Mm-hmm. That's so good. It.
1: Yeah. So good. Like well. a treat. It is um, a nice
2: treat. Hi, everybody.
1: Hello. Welcome to Almost 30. Welcome to Almost 30 podcast. It's us. It's us. Your How best are you this week. We are best friends. We are best friends with you. How are you this week? We are so excited about, I mean, we say that every week, but like this week's... Cr- Crazy, yeah. This is
2: groundbreaking. Well, I think you know we we listen to a lot of other podcasts, and I don't think a lot of people are talking about this right now. Yep. Even though you know a lot of people are curious Mm -hmm. about it and interested in it, but it is cannabis week here. Cannabis week. It's weed week.
1: We have our little (laughs) episode schedule out, and we put weed week, baby. Weed week. Should have waited till four twenty. Damn, I know, but you know what?
2: Miss. So predictable, Yeah, y'all. so
1: true. We're we're pre-420, so you guys can, you know, we're get not ready about for being, 420. Yeah,
2: we're not about being predictable, y'all. It's my
1: favorite holiday. <laughs> I remember in high school, people would, like, skip school on 420.
2: Oh, yeah. Wow. Not mine. Mine was, like, all, wow. all the losers. <laughs> I don't
1: think I ever did, but if you—I maybe would have. I don't know. Probably. One time, we were at my house— I was in high school and I went through like a weed smoking phase like senior year. I never mm-hmm. really liked it, but I just did it because all my guy friends did. I hung out with all guys at that time mm-hmm. and they were called the Wolf Pack. LOL. Oh. LOL oh, was amazing. Justin <laughs> talks about the Wolf Pack all the time. Honestly, they were cool as fuck though. And they like made me who I am and I fucking love them <laughs> and they like kept me grounded. But we were smoking weed in our backyard on the back porch and we were all like so high and they would always complain because I'd get peanut butter all over the, bo- the little bowl. <laughs> because I'd be literally like, <laughs> they'd always be like, oh, Some there's peanut butter change. all over it. Because I'd be like like running my fingers in peanut butter. And we were like sitting out there and we we're so high on my back porch and we're like just chilling. And then we heard this rustling in the bushes and we're like freaking out. We're like, oh my God, we're so nervous. We're going to get caught. Fuck. And we're like, it's so loud. And this guy comes out of the bushes and we're like, what's going on? And he like comes up to the screen and he's like, a lawn care guy from next door. He's like, <laughs> can I have a hit? <laughs> and like- He asked, like
2: followed the trail.
1: Literally followed the trail and like asked to like have the hit. It was so funny. So like, sure, man. And then he like went back on his merry old way. He was a poofer. Damn. In and out real quick. It's like a little weed angel. I know, a little weed angel.
2: My first time smoking pot, it was my freshman year of college. And I was hanging out with like the cool, like- seniors in the theater department mm. cool I I use quotes but they are amazing mm-hmm. it, it, it was kind of like a nerdy party mm-hmm. but they're smoking weed and they did it in um a toilet paper roll and they put the dryer sheet over it so like no one smelled it chamber and the chamber and um I got a bloody nose immediately. No, like an uncontrollable. I wasn't like snorting it. I was like, I guess it, my, it was just sensitive. I don't yeah. know why. I used to get bloody noses a lot when I was little. Could not control this bloody nose. Like, like clots were coming, like my brain matter was coming out of my nose. It was Whoa. crazy. And everyone was like freaking out because everyone was, was so high. <laughs> They're like, oh man. It was like so gnarly. And I was like, okay. So I'm never doing that again. Damn. I didn't smoke again until like later on.
1: Really? When was the last time you smoked?
2: I can't remember the last time I smoked. Yeah, I have smoked out here. I, just, I don't like to smoke. I like edibles better.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. Um, I've used a vape pen, but it doesn't, I don't really feel it. I know. I don't really. But edibles I kind of like, like, like I like to chill and like yeah. go to bed. It's like a body high more so. Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: really cool when I smoke weed. I like always like say the joke that like ends the jokes. Like, everyone's like, aha laughing, ha-ha. And then I'll be like, say something. And then everyone's like,
2: huh <laughs> Or maybe that's just what goes on in your head. Probably.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm too, like, paranoid. I'm just like, yeah. I'm so ugly and I'm melting into the couch. <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget. I, I was sleep. in high school and I was like, out with this girl who was like a big cokehead in high school. I don't even know. She was like the most stunning girl I've ever seen. She wouldn't go to my high school. Um, her name was Rachel. And... She was like, you know how weed makes you feel ugly, and I was like, yeah. She's like, coke makes you feel beautiful, Damn. and I, I didn't try it until like college. But I was like, I'll never forget her saying that.
2: Coke makes like, you feel wow. beautiful. That's a tank top if I've ever. <laughs>
1: I know. I was like, you are a visionary.
2: <laughs> She's like, high right there. She's like, uh huh.
1: Yeah, honestly, Damn. it was crazy. I was like, uh. okay. Anyways, we're off track. So. On this podcast, this is really exciting. We have the chief medical officer of Hello MD. So HelloMD is a website that you can get answers, you can share ideas, you can explore CBD cannabis products. Basically, it is a large, the largest medical cannabis community. So people go there to ask questions about marijuana, ask questions about CBD, ask questions about weed, um, edibles, all of these things. And you can connect with people to talk about maybe cannabis products that help you fall asleep. That help with pain. They have articles, they have videos, they have tons of stuff on there that makes it really accessible and really easy for you to understand what is going on um, in the cannabis community.
2: Yeah. And it was really interesting to talk to Perry because, you know, he's not like young buck chilling, like, hey, weed's cool, like no. cannabis is cool. You know, he's an older guy who like a medical knows background. <laughs> yeah, knows the history also of cannabis too. And 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 pinpoints. We talk about like where and why you know, weed was stigmatized, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was like made this drug that was bad and was causing all of this havoc when really there are so many people who are benefiting Mm -hmm. from using cannabis from very serious illnesses and conditions down to something like not so serious. So we know you guys will love this episode. You can actually reach out to Perry. He was like, yeah, everyone reach out to me if they have any questions. So
1: Perry was actually a medical doctor. He went to Columbia University College, um, got his medical degree, worked a lot in medicine. And then as he started to educate himself and kind of moved to California and saw the benefits that... Cannabis and CBD had on groups of elderly people in nursing homes. He was, um, you know, turned on to speaking the truth about this product and, you know, this natural thing that helps a lot of people. So in this, we talk a lot about, like Lindsay said, um, where the stigma around weed came from. We talk about CBD, the difference between CBD and cannabis, benefits of CBD, how people are using it, um, some studies that have talked, that have shown the um, effects it can have on cancer patients, on pain, on sleep. So we really just go deep into talking about this natural help for people.
2: Um, So join our secret Facebook group, hop in there, let us know what you think of this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a two-parter this week. So this is part one of our conversation. It's
1: a real heavy episode. Like it gets kind of deep into stuff. So we broke it up into parts so that it's much easier to digest. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, lots of science. So get your notebooks out. We think you will... Um, really get a lot out of this and um, connect with us on Instagram too at Mm -hmm. Almost 30 Podcast. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. Yeah,
1: we keep seeing those come through and it means so much. And then too, when you tag us on Instagram and your stories, we see see your stories every week. We give you shout outs on um, weekly on Instagram, but those are amazing to share with others.
2: Yeah, we love you guys. Enjoy this episode. Weather, but it
1: is a little hot today. So sometimes I'm kind of jealous of the people, you know, in um, NorCal because it's like you could go outside. And And when you said you were cycling, I'm like, oh, you must live in the East Bay or, you know, in like Palo Alto around those areas because there's such good trails and there's such, um, there's so much room.
0: Yeah, it's really, it, it's true. And, it, you know, it can get because I'm in the East Bay, like I said. So that's like the city where it stays relatively cool. It does get 100 and something here during the summer, but. Um, but then by the counter thing, we don't have a beach here to go to like you guys do either. So, mm. you know, I am a little jealous of that, but my son, my son lives in the city, he goes surfing and he always, he's in a wetsuit all the time because it's freezing.
1: Oh yeah. That's where do you surf then? Like, where's like, where does someone surf in?
0: Uh, he's good. He surfs in, I guess, ocean beach and mm. some, I, I don't even know where the hell he goes. I, I, I've never seen him. Do, I've seen him do it when we go to Hawaii, but not, not anything around here.
2: I would be scared.
0: Yeah, it's intense in the back.
1: Yeah, just I guess not sharks, but just like in the Pacific. Oh, sharks. Yeah, yeah I I sharks, sharks too. but in the Pacific, it's a little scary.
0: Mm-hmm, it's, right? well, it's colder. Yeah. That's the yeah, I don't like too. cold water. I mean, we, yeah. have a, we have a pool and stuff, and I won't go in until it's you know close to eighty degrees. I just Like mm-hmm. it warm. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certified in scuba, and I got certified in Monterey, and it was I had a wet a dry suit on which is like a thermal inside and then a plastic outside and no water gets in i was still so cold it was so, it's so cold oh my god it's freezing
2: it's good for you though that yeah, hot I cold know, therapy the hot cold that nervous system's yep, your nervous rock system mhm
0: Give me, give me warm. I cold is forget it. I, I moved from the East Coast years ago. <laughs> I don't really care about the cold anymore. We're on uh, the East Coast. I don't care about changing seasons uh, in <laughs> Massachusetts and New York. And so.
2: Oh yeah, I I went to school in Boston and I lived in New York, so I feel you.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, no, I don't miss the winters at all. E- even though we're going back this, I'm going back this weekend to babysit one of our grandkids. So, oh, um, that's so so nice. Fun. It's supposed to be in the 40s and 30s and snow, but you, know, what do you that know?
1: makes the travel worth it.
0: It's gonna, it's only gonna be a short time, so seeing, seeing them is gonna <laughs> be okay.
1: Um, so would love Perry to just talk a little bit about um. I'm curious, you know, to start the conversation about your journey to where you are today. So I knew you were, you kind of seemed like you were in more traditional medicine and kind of what led you to this space and like a passion and interest in it.
0: Okay. Okay. I am a board certified anesthesiologist. I went, I graduated from Columbia on the East Coast and then went to Philadelphia for residency and internship and residency and moved out to California in 89 and opened a uh, hospital as the starting the anesthesia department in San Ramon, California and practiced anesthesia a little bit in Massachusetts before coming out here and did anesthesia for 20 years or something, and then stopped doing anesthesia and got involved in some medical startups, consulting with medical device companies, and then in uh, a company that was exporting medical equipment to Asia for several years, and then in uh, March or February of 2014, 15, um, got introduced to Mark and Pamela Hadfield, and they uh, I approached there, someone introduced us, and they were just uh, pivoting the HelloMD platform from what they had done previously, which was second opinion consultations for medical opinions to cannabis. And they wanted to do medical cannabis evaluations because the preceding October, The medical board in California said that the evaluations for cannabis could be done using remote capabilities or tele-evaluations. So they had the evaluation, the tele part all set up already, and so they pivoted to start doing recommendations. And we started talking, we hit it off, and um, I became the chief medical officer when we started in March of 2015, which is this next month is three years. So when we just first started, I had been familiar with cannabis in terms of uh, knowing that it would need a recommendation, that it was good for some medical conditions, but not having been educated in it and just having exposure to cannabis uh, in college many, many years ago, I just had no idea that it, of the medicinal properties. And so started doing some research about it, and we did our first conference at a Senior living facility in Walnut Creek, California, called Rossmore, and they had already had—this was three years ago—a cannabis club. And the cannabis club there had about 120 members at
1: and, the senior living center. Correct. Cool.
0: Cool. They, already, they had already had it, and wow, um, which was you know again three years ago, and people had been it's been legal in California for 20. If for medicinal purposes, but they had a small group of people who found that it was useful. So Pamela Hatfield and I gave a talk there. And when I showed up, there was about 100 of the 120 or so members were in attendance and listened to our conversation. And one of the questions I was asking them is, well, how many of you actually have recommendations uh, and what do you use it for? And 80 of them already picked up their hands and used it for pain. They, pain was overwhelmingly what they had used it for. And I was fascinated and said, and I really went around the room and asked them pretty much what they used it for. And they all found pain being the number one condition. And we find it still to be number one, but these people who were 55 and older were using it instead of opioids, anti-inflammatories, aspirin, Tylenol, all the usual medications as ointments, tinctures, vaping to be able to decrease their use of opioids, decrease their reliance on other medications, and use cannabis instead. So that pretty much sold me in saying there really is something here, and I really have to dive deeper into this as we progressed in Hello MD, and as the years have gone on, I've just seen that it really does help. It really is something that is an alternative to other medication, and in subsequently found also the lack of information Given to give physicians about it, like me, um, going to medical school and afterwards about cannabis, just that it was a Schedule One drug and you shouldn't even talk about it, and you, it's very hard to even be educated about it as to the medicinal properties of it, and Pete and the doctors just are unfamiliar with it completely and just have a stigma about it as the stoner dude people are the only ones who use mm. cannabis and that's the only reason people want to get a recommendation or until January 1 when you don't need one but that was in the past why anyone would want it just to get high and it just isn't true and so that became the journey and that's how I kind of wound up here three years later with still with Hello and
2: Wow! Can you talk to us about the science behind why it, how it works and how it subdues pain and it's relaxing people, helping people sleep, uh, reducing anxiety? I don't know the science behind it. I just know it works.
0: But. Well, basically, there's something in our system that, and we were never taught this up until very recently. It's now in only a few schools about the endocannabinoid system. And the endocannabinoid system is a system of homeostasis in our bodies that keep everything in check. In other words, it's something that was discovered around the 1970s, early 1970s, by Raphael Meshulam in Israel. And it's something that genetically has been there for thousands and thousands of years in terms of making the system of the body a check and balance. In other words, what happens is you have synapses in your body and chemicals become released from one side of a synapse to the other to translate, to transfer information and sensations. And what happens is there's a retrograde feedback mechanism. In other words, you can your two ends of a, of a wire. And from one end, the electricity or the information goes to the other end. And if something gets overstimulated because it's out of balance, the endocannabinoid system is the system that takes the second signal, goes back to the first one and says, okay, slow down that rate of firing for pain or sensation or anxiety, whatever it may be. And usually when the body's in homeostasis, the endocannabinoid system, endo meaning it's from your body, the feedback mechanism is such that everything stays nice and cool. Everything's calm, cool, collected. You're not really the pain isn't there, and everything's fine. But when things start firing abnormally, the endocannabinoid system is, gets kind of out of whack. And if you have a decrease in some of the endocannabinoids, such as the anandamide is one of them, and 2AG is another one, and these are natural chemicals that are found in your body that act as that retrograde feedback blocker to slow things down or speed things up. If those are lacking or not in balance, things happen that that you don't want to have to happen, whether it be an immunologic problem, whether it be from pain or anything else. Phytocannabinoids, the things that are in cannabis, phyto meaning plant, there's phytocannabinoids that match up to the two that are in the body are THC and CBD. Each of those take the place of the endocannabinoids that may be deficient. And so those chemicals that you use from the plant essentially take over for the ones that are supposed to be in your body in good balance. And that's why those have the properties that they do. So CBD, for example, is more of a anti-inflammatory compound that helps with the CB2 receptor. That's one that is concentrated in the inflammatory tissues etc. in the body and C- and the THC concentrates on the C B one receptor that's mostly found in the brain, which is why you get those psychoactive effects from THC and you don't get it from C B D, because there's not many C B D receptors or C B two receptors in the brain, which is why you can have C B D and not get the psychoactive effects.
1: Okay, mm. so this is crazy. So that that was amazing. So is it by coincidence that it's, it's called in the brain, the endocannabinoid, and we call it cannabis. Like, was it cannabis named because we have that part of the brain that is the endocannabinoid?
0: Endocannabinoid.
1: Ando, endocannabinoid.
0: Yeah. Endocannabinoid system. It Was it named like that? Uh, that's, that's a good very good question. question. I, I, I can't give you the answer to that, but it yeah. sounds like it makes... It, it, it makes sense, but mm. cannabis. But the, but I. It was named like that after because they found the association between mm. them because cannabis is the, you know the the generic name for the plant itself, and that's been That was many years before the endocannabinoid was discovered. So I think they named it that just as you mentioned, <laughs> excuse me, because of the association of THC and CBD with the endocannabinoid, the en- anandamide and the 2-AG and the other ones that are in the system. So they said, let's just name it can- the endocannabinoid versus the phytocannabinoid, which is the ph, you know, P-H-Y-T-O, pH- p- the phyto meaning plant, which is the THC and the CBD.
1: So the phytocannabinoid is the plant and the uh-huh. endocannabinoid, Benoid, right? Did I say that correctly? Yes. Endocannabinoid is actually in our bodies, and every person has this, and it functions regularly, and it could not function regularly. Correct?
0: Correct. Even even slugs and you know every wow. every mammal, every living person every living thing has an endocannabinoid system. It's been found.
1: Wow! Wow! Okay, and then so so we could help slugs too. Yeah, yeah slugs mean, need, it, slugs it, need weed too. So if
0: the, if the slug is moving too slow, this is something this is something that can help the, the slug to move along and sluggishly move from one point to the other. Yes. We'll
1: give them a little vape pen, a little slug vape pen.
0: Them, so, put, put, put some rub on them. Yes.
1: So the phytocannabinoid, which is, um, it takes the place of, you know, these two receptors, CB1, CBD2, or CBD1, CBD2. So CBD connects to the CBD2 receptor, correct?
0: Corolla, the CBD, no, the- yes, the CBD2 receptor mm-hmm. and the THC connects to the CB1 receptor.
1: Yep, okay, cool. And that's the one that's the psychoactive. So THC is the psychoactive
0: correct, and, correct. It's, and it's psychoactive because of the fact that it the, the CB1 receptor is primarily in the brain and it's thought mm. that the the runners high and the other things that occur occur because of the fight, the the anandamide the 2AG the, the one that goes up into the brain causes that rush of feeling because the um, endorphins don't cross the blood-brain barrier. In other words, the endorphins never... It, say it's the endorphin rush. And essentially, it's probably not. It's probably the anandamide that gets into the brain because there's no... The endorphins don't cross the blood-brain barrier to get into the head. So the rush that they're feeling is probably from the endocannabinoid system in the brain more than anything else.
2: Wow. So the THC... Are, are, are you using that mainly to reduce like anxiety? Like just thinking about the brain, is that mainly brain and then CBD is mainly pain management mm-hmm. or is it, could it be both? They,
0: they, they all seem to meld together and do both. Mm-hmm. And what is called okay. is the entourage effect. And the entourage effect is essentially the effect of instead of one plus one equals three, essentially. They, mm-hmm. Each of them together are more than oh. them individually. And so when people say, if someone says to us, they say, listen, I don't want any zero psychoactive effect of anything. We say, listen, then you should really just take a pure CBD product that has just an anti-inflammatory, probably more of an anxiolytic effect than anything with THC. Because part of the problem is depending on someone's tolerance to cannabis, everyone's reaction to any of it is individual and individualistic, and it's which is one of the frustrating things in telling people about it because people are used to and conditioned with medication to say, "Okay, I mm. want to know exactly what I should take: one pill, two pills, once a day, twice a day, you know, 250 milligrams of whatever for antibiotics." The same thing as physicians have a problem with it too. Cannabis isn't quite like that. It's cannabis is a very trial and error type of compound where everyone reacts differently to it. So a lot of things are done in ratios. In other words, someone may say a CBD to THC ratio of a two to one, a three to one, a four to one, and they so four parts of, for example, CBD to one part THC. Mm-hmm. And That, that, that doesn't it get to milligrams yet because that's a little bit of a different thing altogether. So in terms of what ratio is talking about, do you want more of a psychoactive effect? Do you want more of a anti-inflammatory and anxiolytic effect from the CBD? If someone wants a high THC, let's say, and someone would be doing it, um, let's say, for pain, you know, someone may want a you know, a one to four, in other words, one part CBD, four parts THC or one to five or one to seven or one to, in other words, they still want more of this THC because the THC has more of a pain remedying quality to it than the CBD. And you add the CBD for two reasons. One, because there could be some inflammation, one, and two, CBD has been found to sort of blunt the psychoactive effects of THC instead of because some people say I take T th- I I smoke a joint or I take some vaping and I just get really anxious myself. I get jittery and everything's like, well, it's because your THC that you're taking is probably too much and mm-hmm. you may want to try combining it with some CBD because it's been found that combining it with CBD sort of tapers that effect also. It sort of actually a mod- modulating effect to the THC itself.
1: Okay, that's amazing. And then, so, so the endocannabinoid. So, could you think that the reactions that people have because they are so different? You know, everyone reacts to the CBD THC combination differently. Is that based on their current endocannabinoid breakdown of what's exactly going on within their body? Re- does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, if you're asking why do people act differently, that could be one. Okay. On um, one hypothesis, I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's ever figured that out exactly. So what people are trying to do is match people's DNA to specific strains Mm -hmm. of cannabis. So in other words, to really pinpoint individualized personal medication and medicine so that someone looks at your DNA, for example, your blood and says, listen, you need this, whatever it may be in a concentration or something. Let's see if we can match you To a compound that's produced from either a flower or a vape or a tincture that exactly fits what you have in your DNA to make it a match. And so that is in the works. There are many companies that are working on things like that to develop strains or develop a, a, a compound combination that specifically matches what's in some what someone's DNA is showing for what's needed in their body and that's kind of that would that's something that is still probably many years down the road before that's able to be come to fruition to someone manufacture that
2: Wow are there the same effects if you're using a CBD oil or a THC oil or if you like vape it is it the same thing or if you smoke it like I don't I, I don't do it so I don't know I'm curious no. I want to try it but I'm is well, it
0: the same it, effects? It, it, yeah. Um, yes. You need. Well, put, put it this way: if if just smoking a joint, let's for example, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot that's there's. I think it's fifty percent of the of the smoke gets side In other words, gets completely lost when you're not inhaling it. You also see that there's also you're burning the plant. Some things may not mm. get, get, may get lost in the burning because you're essentially. Yeah decarboxylating or making it active, when you're doing that, you're also burning paper and there's carbon. And so it seems like as time is going on, more and more people are not using uh, joints per se, but are going into vaping and using oils more so for Mm. a few reasons. One, you're able to get a more selective type of product that's pretty consistent all the time. Because let's say, yes, growing a plant and having the, the flower is nice, but are you getting the same thing all the time, every time if someone's called Blue Dream from San Francisco area? Is it the same thing as a dispensary in LA? Or is it just something that they said, let's put Blue Dream because it's selling great um, you know, so there's that part of it. There's also different concentrations of it depending on the time of year, where it's from, how the harvest went. So it's not as consistent as the uh, oils and the vape pens are getting to be. Even though now everyone has to market them and, and go to the lab to see what's in them, it seems to be more consistent when you if you buy, buy a Bloom Farms, for example, cartridge and it says it's got this amount of THC, this amount of C- CBD, some terpenes, this and this. You pretty much know anywhere in the state that you go, you buy a Bloom Farm cartridge, it's going to be the same. And if that works for you, that's fine. If you go into a, like I said, a dispensary and wherever, Ukiah, Eureka, and you, you're asking for a butt, a butt tender, can I have this? And they give it to you. It probably is the same thing you smoked or used before, but yeah, it may not be. So it's kind of a, a problem of you know consistent medication across the state and now across the country.
1: What did you, you said terpenes?
0: Terpenes? Well, there's there's other things that are in the plant that essentially make up, like certain things have a smell to them. Like one of the things that makes the scent of cannabis is like something called, there's pinene. There's there's many different terpenes that are in it and they also add to the composition and to the entourage effect of Mm. cannabis. Like if you go into a forest, and you get that great pine smell and it's really uplifting and it increases your alertness and that could be for example from just a uh, evolutionary thing when you know years ago when thousands of years ago when our ancestors went into the jungle they really had to be alert and watch out and make sure there's no animal going to jump them well for, you know evolutionary that wise that Passed down to us, and so now, if you go into a a forest or a pine forest, and you you know you take a deep breath, all of a sudden your mind seems to be clearer, and things sound better, and you just get more uplifted and euphoric. That's that's a terp that's a terpene, a smell, and so those same types of smells are also in cannabis. So some so there are some buds and some flower where has a lot of pinene in it and it is and it works essentially to help increase alertness and so it's one of the things that are added to cannabis as a flower or as, as a flower grows or extracted and added after into an oil that also has that same type of effect to you mm. Is it like lavender. There's there's lavender. Uh, there's also something with lavender in it, a lavender smell. And again, that's something that's more relaxing. It's more just like you go into a lavender shop and you smell lavender. People get really calm. And so, linalool is the is the is the uh, uh, terpene that has that smell. And so, it also occurs to make you just more relaxed if you use something either an oil or. A, uh, a bud that has that type of terpene in it so you can really dial in to, to a great extent what type of effect you're looking for. That being said even that is individualized per person even though someone says that you know this has little or this has going to make you more alert and make you more relaxed someone may use it and say yeah you know that, that just didn't do it for me well again it's a trial and error thing. a lot of the people have that reaction some again, don't. And that's why for each person, they react differently to what they use.
2: Are other, I know it like, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, cannabis was kind of found and started to be used in Asia. Like, is it being used around the world? And we're just like the last ones to kind of hop on the train?
0: Um, well, i guess and no. I mean, in most countries in the industrialized world, it's still illegal. Different countries are legalizing it. So Mexico, Germany, Italy, England, Israel, of course, is probably the number one research place for things going on with cannabis. It's still, you know, whether or not it's, it's legal in, in China, I, I don't think it's really legal. People can use it all the time anywhere. I have to beg ignorance as to where else, where else other than the industrialized countries where it's it's a, able to be used out in the open, but you're correct in that it seems to have come originally from China. They have things like that opened up tombs five thousand years old, and they found young plants, buds were still there, and they were high in the THC uh, combination of. of plant instead of a cbd and they actually analyzed it and found that and so they figured, and it was seemed to be buried with some high priest so they're thinking either you know the priest may have used it himself or herself to be able to to have these psychoactive effects to them or was using it for their disciples to give it to them no one's really sure why but yeah. you know you have a high thc plant in someone who is marked as a high priest or priestess. So you think there was, they knew what was going on even 5,000 years ago.
2: It's just interesting. I'm like, did the United States like fuck it up for everyone because we like abused it and kind of... I don't know. Just I think like that weird. was like
1: the Reagan era really made marijuana seem negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess that would be like the next question in it. So why do you think that you know, we've kind of demonized marijuana where we, it's, it was, it's illegal, you know, in a lot of places we have a stigma around it. Do you think it was like big pharma being in bed with the government? I mean, I'm not asking you to go on like a completely, (laughs) I'm not asking you to go on like a complete, you know, conspiracy theory, but like, what do you think it is that's like kept us from coming to this place where we are looking for a natural solution?
0: Well, it, it it all started. I mean, quite frankly, there's 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 there is a history to all of this, and um, you know, in in the late 1800s and early 1900s, cannabis had, had been used in the pharmacopeia, in other words, in the med- in the amount of in the medicine that doctors were giving in the United States and also around the world. Uh, Queen Elizabeth found it useful for her menstrual cramps. Um, and it was prescribed and given to her because of that. And for many years, up until the early 1900s, um, cannabis was used by the medical societies to treat different types of conditions and was used very successfully. And so what, what wind up happening, why did it become demonized, is around the same time that prohibition stopped, there started to be a campaign against medical marijuana. And, you know, people started looking into it and saying, well, we we think we should ban this, whether or not... Now, again, Henry Anslinger was the guy who was primarily responsible for, for, for doing this. And what but he was in he had something to do with prohibition before that and then they needed and then he was put in charge of the federal agency to sort of monitor pharmaceuticals also and drugs and so then he wound up saying that the end of prohibition that it didn't what cannabis wasn't a problem didn't harm people etc and the AMA came out and said yes we think it's really very, very useful. And so then he became head of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics and saw that there was increasing frequency of people smoking cannabis. And what they what they wanted to do, and he was a blatant racist, and said how what and, and said, Well, what can we do to take cannabis and really essentially demonize it. So they wound up starting to use, and this is also in conjunction probably with William Hearst mm-hmm. uh, and saying, okay, let's start calling this stuff marijuana, marijuana," which sort of gave it a, a, a Mexican type of flavor mm-hmm. and said, well, these people are the ones that are using it. And the people who are using this are... You know, they're Mexican people, they're black people, they're musicians, they're all people that are using marijuana and are going insanely crazy and attacking people, young people, white people, women all over the country. That, that old thing, uh, Reefer Madness, that film that was put out years ago, showed... Have you, seen, have you guys seen that? Yes. Reefer Madness, okay. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the, genera- that's the generation and the PR that was put out. Were, um, again, demonizing, demonizing. propaganda. Mm-hmm. It was probably, absolutely was propaganda, and the AMA kept saying, "Listen, this is really, really useful. This is something that we should, we should use." And what wound up happening is they made it illegal. Essentially, first they put a tax on it, a huge tax on, on medical and recreational. People couldn't even start using it because it started getting more and more expensive. And so, after they did that, whether or not you know other companies were involved in it, um, you know that may or may not be true. But what wound up happening is in 1937 they did the Tax Act, which is how they essentially taxed the, taxed the cannabis, and then after that made it illegal in a Schedule One. And they had. Commission after commission trying to find something wrong with cannabis and and trying to research it to say whether or not It was in fact harmful and the AMA kept saying, no, we can't see anything harmful in this. And of course they weren't listened to and it became a schedule one drug. And that's and then it started happening where this is your brain on drugs, et cetera, et cetera, and making it even worse to to be able to have that stigma and that association of any type of drug. This is the end result of it. Wow. That is
1: fantastic. Fa- isn't it crazy like that. that like I think about <laughs> that, and then I think about Nikola Tesla and you know like Einstein and electricity and everything like that, and it's like want like we are still living by the jurisdiction of like one person whose motives could be aren't aren't in our best interest, you know like we don't like us questioning like why someone did something like this and why we believe these things, you know, that marijuana people can go crazy and become violent or, you know, all the negative things that kind of were part of the yellow journalism around this with, you know, Hearst and everything like that. It's like our questioning of us believing these things is so important. Like, you know, it's just like this person had his views, you know, his racist, whatever views on things and like turned us in a direction of believing that like marijuana is bad. And everyone's and, just like, marijuana is bad.
0: Yep. And that, and, and it got, it, like you said, it got propagated in the, in the Reagan years. I mean, everyone remembers and had the little thing about this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs yeah. type, of th- type of thing. And unfortunately to this day, that's what's been carried on. And then of course it, it wound up, you know, in the sixties and the, 70s with the, the, quote, hippie era and people seeing, you know, essentially stoned people and using it only essentially for the euphoric effect that essentially got, you know, in, embedded into everyone's mind also as associating one with the other. The Cheech and Chong movies, etc kind of propagated the same theme. And so that is what... A lot of people in, you know, of all ages, even, you know, you you see a TV interview and you talk to, and and you see someone being interviewed and they, all the little quips and names that go along, you know, the Weed Nation and this and that sort of have that implication of the stoner dude mentality. And what we've tried to do, and we've always concentrated on is showing cannabis as a health and wellness type of, um, uh, system instead of the recreational or, or adult use side using it for that euphoric effect. So it's, it, it's, but it's still something that when I go around and talk to medical staffs and other doctors, you know, it still is, but it is changing, I have to say. It, to many of them, it still is a wink, wink. Yeah, you're using it for med- medicinal purposes. Sure you are. Um, you know, again, I don't. Yeah. But people are using it for that instead of saying, well, really, you, it works for medicine stuff? Well, why don't you tell me about it? Which, again, that stigma is changing with physicians also.
2: You guys want to go to the cannabis store? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How was that? So cool, right? It's so
1: much information and it's so good. So I'm so glad that you guys listened. Thank you so much. We appreciate you so very much. We read every message that we get from you. We love seeing what you're doing in the Facebook group. We love the support you're giving other people. Um, So we're really happy to share and talk about this topic with you because it's really important.
2: Yeah, so we have part two of our conversation with Perry Solomon of Hello MD coming up on Thursday. So stay tuned for that. Um, and again, if you love this episode or any other episodes or this podcast in general, please share it with your friends. I think that's like the greatest way that we've grown. So don't stop doing it. We love you guys. Um, See you Thursday.